Welcome to the Kawita Assembly Youth Podcast. Our goal is to equip you to take on the most revolutionary mission known to man. We hope these messages encourage you and strengthen your walk with Jesus. Please like, share, and subscribe. And also don't forget to follow us on Instagram to stay up to date. And now, this week's message from Pastor Matt. Here's my first question for you guys. Is have you ever picked a fight that was completely unnecessary? Like you didn't need to fight somebody, you didn't need to argue with somebody, but you still chose to do it for some reason that we don't know, right? Maybe it's a physical fight, maybe you just had an argument. This is typically what happens whenever a younger sibling provokes an older sibling, because that's just what younger siblings do. I'm a younger sibling, so I don't know exactly how that works. I remember whenever I was in fifth grade, I did this exactly. I provoked a fight that had no, had no reason for doing it at all. And so in fifth grade, there was a friend. He wasn't really a friend. I kind of knew him. Um, but for some reason, I thought that we needed to fight, right? Because that's just what you do in fifth grade. I said, hey, I want to fight you. And there was no reason behind it. And so I was bigger than him. At that point, I was probably like 150 pounds. I was in fifth grade. He was like 100 pounds. He was a little wrestler. I said, hey, I want to fight you. And so we made a plan to fight. It was after school. I went to his neighborhood. There was a park there. Me and my friend, I won't name any names, we roll up on our bicycles, and we are about to go down. Before all this happens, we'll, we'll save questions for later. There was no reason for this besides the fact that I thought I needed to beat him up for some reason. Long story short, I walk out of there with a black eye. I didn't beat him up. It was embarrassing. But I fought for no reason at all. And that was my one and only fight. I was one and done, whatever. Take it for what it is. But I fought for no reason. The reason why I told that story is, have you ever found yourself on the side of a losing battle? Maybe that fight that you're fighting tonight, maybe it's a fight with temptation. Maybe you're having a fight with anger or anxiety. Maybe you're having a fight with depression. It's a fight that you have fought with all you had only to fall short. And there might be a reason for that. And tonight we're going to see in the Bible how we can fight our battles with worship. Thank you, Jesus. And the sound booth. So tonight, if you feel like you are fighting a battle that you just cannot win, we're going to see how we can fight that with, with worship. So we're going to read a story. This is one of the most crazy stories. Actually, I'm not going to say that. There are a lot of crazy stories in the Bible. If you've ever read the Bible, that thing is way better than Netflix. It's better than HBO. It's better than Hulu. Let me tell you, there are so many crazy stories in the Bible that I'm not even going to compare. But this is one of those kind of crazy stories. Just because you, you leave it like, what? So it's in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. There's this, the nation of Israel, the king is Jehoshaphat. And they are always at war. The nations, I don't know why, they're just always at war. That's all you read about in the Bible is they went to war with this and they, well, all that kind of stuff. So they're at war. And Jehoshaphat, he gets word that a nation is going to come and fight them for it seems like no reason at all. So we're going to start in verse 1. It says, after this, the armies of, oh, okay, there we go. The armies of Moabites, Ammonites, and some of the Menusites, so that's three different nations, they declared war on Jehoshaphat. Messengers came and they told Jehoshaphat, a vast army from Edoma is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They are already at whatever town that is, Tamar. 
That was another name for En Gedi. Why don't you just say En Gedi? Jehoshaphat was terrified by the news, and he begged the Lord for guidance. He ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. So people from all the towns of Judah, they came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. So notice what happened right here. Jehoshaphat, he is just minding his own business, and all of a sudden an enemy is coming to attack him. And the Bible says that he is terrified. So what does Jehoshaphat do? He doesn't run and scream. He doesn't go and hide. He goes and he prays to God. He turns to God in prayer. That's the first thing that he does. And he orders everybody in the nation, turn to God in prayer. And it says everybody, they go to Jerusalem. They go to Jerusalem to, for God to fight their battles. And then, then it says God, he spoke through one of the men who were close to them. So God is speaking through one of the people. And so he's acting as if a prophet. And so that guy, he says this for God. He says, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged by this mighty army. For the battle is not yours, but it's God's. The battle that they're about to come bring you, it's not your battle, but it's God's battle. And he says, tomorrow march out against them. And you will find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens in the wilderness of Jerel. But you will not even need to fight. Take your positions. Then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you. O people of Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Next verse, it says, after consulting the people, the king appointed singers, you heard that right, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they say, give thanks to the Lord, for his faithful love endures forever. And at that very moment, they began to sing and give praise. And the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. And the armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies at Mount, from Mount Seir, and they killed every one of them. After they had destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. Our first question is, what? What just happened? The king, he gets word that they are about to be attacked by an army. And instead of sending out their best guys, their strongest guys, instead of sending out the people with the biggest weapons, they sing out the worship team. That's as if somebody is about to attack us. Instead of sending out John and Maverick, we send out Alyssa and Zach. No offense, Alyssa and Zach. I think you guys should take it on. But, but that's what's happening. Instead of sending out your biggest and strongest, you're sending out the worship team. Why? Because Jehoshaphat understood that when faced against an enemy that's too great, a war that's too great, or a battle too great, our weapons cannot win the war. When you're faced with a battle that you cannot win, you're the, whatever weapons you have, whatever you think you have to fight, those weapons cannot win. And so in the same way with our own life, whatever battle it is that we're battling, our weapons that we have cannot win that. You can't defeat temptation. You can't punch anxiety in the face. If you have a battle with anxiety, you can't just punch it out of your life. You can't roundhouse kick temptation away. If you have anger, you can't just body slam that out of your life. 
There are some battles that we have in our life that are weapons, that, that everything that we can do is inadequate. Those are, those are our spiritual enemy. Temptation, anxiety, depression, loneliness, whatever it is, those are spiritual attacks. And so we have to fight with spiritual weapons. So how do we apply this to our lives? What spiritual weapons do we need to fight with in order to win the war? What can we do to win the war that's going on inside of our heart, that's going on inside of our mind? Because there's nothing physically that we can do about it. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, it's talking about uh, just that, how we defeat that. And so this is what Paul says in chapter 6, verse 10. He says a final word. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. I don't know if you caught that, but that, that little end of that verse, that's kind of scary. The strategies of the devil. The devil is our enemy. Whether you believe in the, in the devil or not, he is our enemy and he is strategizing against you. We don't even know what the devil is doing. Like we're just on TikTok and Instagram. And while we are doing that, the devil is actively strategizing against us. He says, put on God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. So what is the, what is the armor of God? For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Paul is clear. Whenever you have a problem with somebody, whenever you have a problem with somebody who's not a Christian or somebody who even is, the, that problem is not with that person. We're not to respond to that person in a way that provokes more anger, more, more jealousy, whatever it may be. We're not supposed to be so mad at somebody because the, the Bible is saying that's not the person that we're supposed to be battling. We're not supposed to be battling the person that makes us so mad in math class. We're not supposed to be battling the person who makes fun of us at lunch. Those aren't the people that we should focus our attention and energy on. The Bible is saying that though flesh and blood, that, that has nothing to do with it. Instead, it's things in the unseen world. The Bible says it's, it's spirits and authorities in the unseen world. So what is God's armor? He says, therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you may resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you'll be still be standing firm. Not says if there's a battle. It says after the battle. As if the battle is going to happen, whether you're ready or not, the battle is already happening. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth, the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on peace that comes from the good news so that you'll be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the, word, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So fighting this spiritual battle, it's mostly defensive. It's putting on the armor of God. And the armor he's talking about, it's, it's a belt, it's body armor, it's shoes, it's shield, it's helmets. And those things, they represent the truth, righteousness, peace, and salvation. And so I think what Paul is saying there is that in order to win the battle, it's not so much as what we do, but it's who we are relying on. 
It's not so much of how, how skilled you are to fight spiritual enemies. It's, how, it's what kind of armor do you have on. Do you have your own armor on or do you have God's armor on? Because God's armor, it's, it's truth, it's righteousness, it's peace, it's faith, and it's salvation. Those are things that we cannot get on our own but only from God. It's all a gift from God. But how do we fight? Because those are all defensive pieces. How do we fight an enemy that we can't see? How do we win a, a battle that happens all the time? The only offensive weapon was the sword of the Spirit, which the Bible says is the Word of God. This is the only weapon it says we have, the sword of the Spirit. And what does that even mean that this is the sword of the Spirit? In parts of the Bible, it says that the Bible is living and active. It's like a, it's sharper than a double-edged sword di diving into the deepest parts of us. The Bible is the only thing that we have to go on the offensive because when the enemy starts lying to us, when the enemy starts telling you that you're not as good as somebody else, you're not as pretty as somebody else, you're not as strong, you're not as athletic as somebody else, or you're always going to be alone, you're never going to find joy again. When the enemy starts lying to you, though, those things, the only way to counteract that is with the truth that's in the Bible. The only way to counteract that is with the truth that's in here. That's the why this is the only offensive weapon. And then it says it's prayer. Because prayer, you can't do anything. You're, you're relying on God's power. You're relying on God to do it all. And going back to Jehoshaphat, they fought a real battle with worship. Everything is defensive. It's putting on God's armor. It's relying and trusting in God. And then the only way we win the battle of temptation and anxiety and depression and all the list of whatever it is, is through the word of God, prayer, and worship. Worship, just like we said last week, worship equals surrender. It's surrendering yourself to God. It's relying on God. You're always surrendering to something. You're either going to surrender to the depression, to the anxiety, to the temptations that you feel like you can never win. You're surrendering to those things, or you can choose to surrender to God. If the worship team can come back. Worship, worship is your weapon. Last week it said worship is surrender. This week, worship is your weapon. Worship is the way that we win the battle that is always happening in our heart and in our mind. Let me expound on that tonight. So tonight, we have to identify what your battle is. How are we going to fight an enemy, an, enemy, sorry, an enemy that you cannot see if you don't even know what the battle is that you're trying to fight? So the thing is, we know who their enemy is. We know the ways that he works. He works in deceptive ways. He works by lying to us. But what battle are you facing tonight? What is the battle that you have in your life that you've been battling for weeks, for months, for years, and you don't think that you can ever win? A lot of us, that's the battle with temptations, also with temptations. For some of us, it's a battle with anger or rage. You just feel rage coming up inside you, and you don't feel like there's anything you can do to control it. Is it anxiety? Do you worry about what's going to happen? Are you so overwhelmed by high pressures and expectations that you don't think that you can go another step forward? Or is it depression? Is it comparison? Is it loneliness? You have to identify what battle it is that you are fighting tonight. And God is saying, let him fight for us. Let's take a step back. And God is saying, let him fight for you. 
The only way you're going to win that battle is by relying wholly and, and totally on God. It's surrendering ourselves to God. And that is what worship is. Because we have a part to play in that victory. God is the one who does the victory, but we have a part to play in that. And that part that we have is to put our focus, our whole thoughts, our whole mind on God. And it's to worship God. To acknowledge his sovereignty, his rule, and his power over the entire universe. Because I don't know if you know this or not, but God is in control of everything. God is in control of the entire universe. God created all the stars, all the planets, everything that you can see in the sky, and he created every single one of us all the way down to the atom. God is in control of everything. His sovereignty has no limits. His sovereignty has no bounds. One of the psalms I was reading just this morning, and it struck me, that, that is perfect for tonight. I didn't have time to put it on the screen, but it's Psalms 97. Let me read this to you. It says, the Lord is king. Let earth rejoice. Let the farthest coastlands be glad. Imagine this in your head. Dark clouds surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Fire spreads ahead of him and burns up all his foes. His lightning flashes across the world. The earth sees and it trembles. The mountains, they melt like wax before the Lord, before the Lord of all the earth. The heavens proclaim his righteousness. Every nation sees his glory. Those who worship idols are disgraced. All who brag about their worship gods, for every god must bow down to him. Whatever it is that you worship in your life, it has to bow down to God. Jerusalem has heard and rejoiced. And all the towns of Judah are glad because of your justice, O Lord. For you, O Lord, are supreme over all the earth and exalted over all the gods. God is in control. God is, in, is supreme. God is the one who rules it all. And God is saying, let, us, let him fight for us. Because he is totally able. Whatever the battle is, you have to surrender it to God. Because as long as we trust in God, we win in the end. If we don't trust in God, we don't win. If we don't put our faith and our hope in God, we don't win in the end. But as long as we put our hope and our trust in God, we win in the end. I'm talking about whenever the end of our life, the end of times, whatever it is, we will be the ones who are victorious when I put our trust in God. If you don't, you won't. Talking about the end, I read this as well. In Revelation chapter 19, verse 11. This is Jesus. This is at the end of times. If anyone has any questions, this is, listen to this. It says, then I saw heaven opened, and a white horse was standing there. Its rider was named Faithful and True, for he judges fairly, and he rages a righteous war. His eyes were like flames of fire, and on his head were many crowns. A name was written on him that no one could understand except himself. He wore a robe that was dripped in blood, and his title was the Word of God. His armies of heaven, they dressed in the finest of pure and white linen and followed him on white horses. From his mouth came a sharp sword to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron rod. He will release the fierce wrath of God, the Almighty, the, like juice flowing from a Ryan Pless. And on his robe, at his thigh was written the title, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That is the God that we worship. Sometimes we get confused. We think that 
we, we know that God is loving. We know that God is gracious. We know that God is accepting. And so we don't think that whenever the going gets tough that we can rely on a God like that. But let me tell you, that is the God that we worship. We worship the God who will fight for you to the very end. We worship a God that wants nothing but the best for you. We worship the God that is going to fight for us. So how do we fight this war in real life? How do we, all this is, all this is good and great, but how do we do this in our real life? What does this mean for us tonight? What does this mean for us tomorrow? What does this mean for us next week whenever you are in the middle of the battle? Make a decision that you're going to worship Jesus. It's as simple as that. Make the decision that you're going to be worshiping Jesus because you know that whenever that temptation comes, if you're worshiping Jesus, Jesus will help you fight that temptation. Whenever anxiety comes, when you worship Jesus and allow him to take that away from you, allow him to give you that peace, decide. This is the challenge tonight. Choose right now to decide to only listen to worship music for an entire month. Because I promise you, if you choose to listen to nothing but worship music, whether it's on the radio, on Spotify, on YouTube, worship Listen to worship music for an entire month and see what God will do to your life. See how those temptations begin to melt away. See how that anxiety begins to melt away. See how that comparison and that loneliness, that oppression, see how all that melts away whenever your focus is on God 24-7. So you can listen to worship all the time. You can listen to on Spotify. You can listen to worship in the shower, on the way to school, as you get ready for school. Choose to fill your mind with worship. So tonight, they're going to lead us in another song. They're going to lead us um, into worshiping God. So tonight, if you have a battle, I'm going to ask everyone to go ahead and stand up. Every one of us are battling something. Identify what that battle is and choose right now as we go into the song, as we sing this next song, choose right now to win that battle by focusing on God, by surrendering it to God and praising Him for who He is and what He wants to do in your life. So don't let the person distract you. They're fighting their own battle. Don't let the person on the other side distract you. They're also fighting their own battle. Focus on what battle it is that you're fighting and give it to God, surrender it to Him and see how He will change your life tonight. God, I thank you so much for your goodness. God, I thank you for your mercy. God, I thank you that you are fighting for us and that all we have to do is praise you. All we have to do is worship you. All we have to do is put our whole life of surrender to you, God. God, we surrender ourselves. God, we are humble and we receive your mercy and your grace. So God, I pray that for every student in here who's struggling tonight, who's struggling to see if you're real, to see if you, if you know their name, God, I pray that you show yourself how real you are to them. Show how real you are to them, God. And God, I pray that as they rely on you to fight their battles, God, I pray that you show up and you are faithful. Give them that victory, God. And God, help us to rely on you with everything. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. If, you're, if you have any, anything you need to pray about, any battle you need to pray for specifically, me and Brooklyn will love to pray with you, and we want to see you get that victory. So right now, focus your attention on God and give God your battle as we surrender to him.